target. Maximum firepower. Welcome to the Brace for Impact podcast, where we tell you how to be better at Star Wars Armada. Today we're going to analyze our last battle report and talk about the red objective cards. So, our last battle report. What are your thoughts? I hate what you called it. <laughs> the Halloween <laughs> Spectacular. Titled it the one thing I said not to title it. Why Spooktacular? Probably because I ran into a spooky... Well, spiny thorn bush of fucking squadrons and ate shit i ate a big plate of shit this game that's true yeah um you know a big fat isd or a bunch of little tiny squadrons and a pelta <laughs> basically i think this like, is this really emphasizes close. like why i really like doing um these battle reports and these podcasts because literally like one of the last episodes we did, we shat all over Fleet Ambush and how it was terrible and bad. But this showed you like how to make that objective work to your advantage, even when you have the disadvantage of not having deployments. Yeah, I felt like, and I said it in the video, but like of the three objectives that you can really want to bring with a large squadron force and like this was basically a maxed out squadron force superior positions is obvious precision strike is obvious fighter ambush also seems obvious but because you lose the deployment advantage with fighter ambush it can feel it can feel really weak yeah but i was i was thinking about this battle report um basically the day I finished, like when I was driving back, and I was thinking, like, why did I put my ISD right there? Where I couldn't get to the Yavaris, I couldn't get to the Pelta or anything. And I thought, like, if I had just put it where the Architans was on the right, it might have been better. But then you just put those squadrons in front of it again anyway. So it gives you kind of like a weird... um a weird kind of advantage where you don't get to like out deploy me, but you can like get positioning advantage with the squadrons by not placing them until everything of the first players is placed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. After you said that, it's almost making me think of like Corvus title for your entire squadron force. Yeah, and Corvus is pretty cool. It's not quite the same because Corvus lets you deploy it so you don't lose deployment advantage and then you can fake them out. And I think yeah. that if Fighter Ambush was Corvus for all your squadrons, it would be incredible. Yeah, that, like you get the deployment advantage of deploying them and then they like leap forward into battle. That would be too good. But the fact that they show up after every single ship is dropped... There is some advantage in that, right? Yeah. Like, I saw your ISD there. I said, well, I know where he's pointed. I know mm -hmm. how fast he's going. So I know where he's going to be at the end of turn one, the end of turn two, right? Like, I'll put my B-Wing there. I'll put Skywalker there. Yeah, and I think you really... You really leaned into it with the boosted comms. 
and that really helps you know activate your squadrons on like turn two i think you activated some on like turn one didn't you didn't i get hit by luke on like turn one how did that happen yes you got hit by luke on turn one you got hit by a lot of squadrons on turn one i think it was luke and the beaming yeah so like the boosted comms is like really good Really helpful for yeah. fighter ambush. At, at the end of turn one, you had already been hit by Luke, a B wing. I'd already had a damage card by Luke. Yeah, and you also yeah you got hit by four squad on turn one. Yeah, not good. Not good. You know, I was a huge fan of boosted comms when it first hit the scene, mm -hmm. and someone at some point said something to the effect of, "You're paying eight points to make up for positioning." Eight points. It's five With, points, isn't it? Boosted comms is five points. Is it? Yeah. Not eight points. You're paying five points to make up for positioning. Whatever the amount is. Oh, for, to make up for, like, poor positioning? Right. And it's like, you could have just had your ship be in range to activate the squadron, right? Mm -hmm. Like, not moved it too far out of range, not whatever. Basically, but be better at positioning your ships, and it'll always be in range anyway. Right, so then you're paying, like, if you were in close medium range, then you were, you know, they're wasted points or whatever. Mm -hmm. However, which makes sense in a way. Yes, it does. And so for almost two years, I didn't use boosted comms. Mm -hmm. Throughout the whole time that I was flying a list similar to this, Riken Aces with Yavaris double tapping, and I think the old list I used to fly had VCXs in 10 nub. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Nightmare to play against. Before Yavars got nerfed and couldn't do the movement and then the activation thing. Yeah. What a world that but, was. Goddamn, if boosted comms didn't rock your shit this game. It did really rock my shit this game. Oh my god. Like, at the end of turn one, like just looking at the board state, the boosted comms transport can reach Luke Skywalker, the orange X-Wing, and pull him back to draw another damage card onto the ISD, when otherwise, Luke would not have. He would not have activated that turn. He would have had to move and not shoot. Then he would have had to, you know, maybe the next turn activate, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I could count the number of times that I activated a squadron at long range that game, but I think it was, like, half <laughs> of the squadrons yeah, that I activated were at long range. Part of that... Is a, is, a, is a synergy with Fighter Ambush, right? Boosted yeah. comms and Fighter Ambush synergize. Yeah. Well, the thing with boosted comms and the fact that, oh, you should just be better at having your ships in the right position, that is true for some ships. But for small ships like GR-75s and the Pelta, you can actually get more advantage by having them further away from dangerous shit like an ISD Kuat. Right. And boosted comms lets you be further away of, on the range band, so your shit like, uh, you know, evades can still like reduce the damage, and your shit you just won't get rocked. You know, I agree. I think it allows you better positioning for your your small, weaker squadron pushing ships. You know. Yeah, yeah. It it's. This game made me reconsider the card, and I'll definitely be using it more in the future for sure. Yeah. Oh, someone told me we should have had um, 
what's the card? Is it in the comments? Because I got the video up right now. No, it's um. Oh, oh, I know the reserve hanger deck. I know what you mean. Yes, I yeah. know. We should have used reserve hanger deck uh, to have them come back to life like ghosts or zombies or something. That is a cute card. I haven't really found a way to make because it's like it's one. Oh, shit. I don't know if it's good or not, but it would have been thematic as hell. Yeah, because like. I think it could be cool, but there's better upgrades than Reserve Hanger Deck. There are, but it just would have been thematic for the Halloween flavor. Yeah, that would be cool. But it has to be, like, it's so restrictive, too. It has to be Swarm. Which means it has to be a TIE Fighter, right? Yeah. Or and, a Z95, and, I guess. And non-unique. Right, so a generic TIE. Yeah, it's... Well, Jump Masters, you can get, you can get generic Jump Master, TIE, or Interceptor. Which is like, maybe the Jump Master would be good. That could be cool. Getting a whole Jump Master back, back could be cool. Maybe. From Reserve Hanger deck. If I had to think, though, about in, watch, you know, like looking at this game, and someone made this comment in the video, why did you flack with the ISD on turn two? That is the question. The answer is... I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a mistake. Like, like mistakes happen in, in these games. Like, there's a lot of shit to think about. And, For sure. And I'm, I'm looking at, like, the round two where, like, I'm blowing it up with the Raiders. And, you know, the Corvette has, like, damage cards on it from, like, the first shot. And it's got no shields anymore. And I, I'm just thinking, like, it's already dead. It's already going to die next turn you know right. like and then i move my raiders in and i'm like it's trapped it's not getting into close range of my isd there's no way um it's gonna bump the gr75 or bump my, one of my raiders i'm gonna give a fuck about and i'm gonna shoot again it's gonna die and then you do yeah. the three speed inside turn and get like a double arc on the rear of my isd and i'm like well that sucks. And then you yeah. roll like infinity dice at the rear of my, my ISD and it's not good. Like watching through the whole thing, yeah, I should have shot at it, but I had to do something with the squadrons and I was going to try and shoot him again, but I had to, to waste a shot on the, uh, the hammerhead when it was behind me so that I could finally kill it. Because you just, yeah, that, that three speed like inside turn, I didn't think it would be able to, to position itself like that and should have killed it. I should have killed it outright, and I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, part of me is like thinking, like, was it worth a front arc shot yeah, from the that, Star Destroyer to do like one had, damage like, one to a hammerhead that I needed to do? And it's like, I don't have gunnery teams because I got local fire control, which is great. That like I keep bringing local fire control against your like squadron balls, and I'm like. Why did I bring this card? I'm not just gonna reach him so I can do some fucking damage. But yeah, I mean it's just a mistake. Like watching it, watching the match, like again, it's like obviously yeah. the incorrect move. But you, you see the hammerhead, it like it like cuts away like, yeah. like I'm looking at the position that I've got it at right now, and I'm like, there's no way that it's gonna get 
out of the front arc of the raider onto the side arc and then be able to activate. And that's not, that wasn't even the problem. The problem was that I had a shitload of squadrons on my nose just eating my lunch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, I think that even if you had killed the hammerhead one turn earlier, the the two shields and the two shields, I think it was just two shields that it did because you braced it. Or it might have been two shields and two hull or something. No, because that was that was like when we made that mistake where you forgot to activate it, and so I yeah. already burned my brace. So it did a, a bunch of damage, but it's like... I think it was four, and yeah, two of like, it was shields. Yeah, it did like four damage. So it's, it's, but it wasn't but a su it only such a did, significant amount. Yeah, it only did... What My point is it only did two hull, mm -hmm. and that ISD was fucking dying anyway. Like, yeah. when, when I killed it, I still, I think, had another squadron activation... <laughs> like yeah, to it, go, it wasn't, like, wasn't going to live. Is the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I, I think that optimal play. Like, there was a different way to handle the hammerhead, but it wouldn't have mattered. I think the reason you were fucked was charging into a squad of bombers behind a, a Pelta and bomber command center. Well, that was always going to happen with the fighter ambush. I was always going to charge into the squadrons. I think my position right. was correct because you didn't get to Yavaris as much. Like, if I put my yeah. ISD on the right side, instead of dealing with the hammerhead coming at my ass, I'm dealing with three turns of Yavaris. So, I think I made the right call position-wise. Yeah. But basically, yeah, that's how that game went, was you charged into a bunch of squadrons, and they fucking yeah. shredded you. It was actually probably one of my best games ever in terms of my dice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, you had Torn Far and Bomber Command, and... And everything, and I tore it off with the. Oh yeah, I didn't even yeah. bring local fire control in this game. I brought Darth Vader um, boarding team. What do you think about that? That removed bomber command, but like you were rolling like hot fire that day, so it didn't really matter. It's a good card. I think that it actually wants to target ECM. Well, yeah. And removing bomber command after the ship had like like was already it was at the half only health thing was like in range really like, yeah yep it was the only thing i gave you an opportunity to remove and you removed it and that's fine but yeah it was too late at that point i think yeah darth vader is cool because he's like deleting your cards but he wants to be getting ecm yeah ecm or i was thinking of like running it at yavaris and then tearing yavaris off and right and yeah that would be cool just, but hard to do you never got even in blue range of yavaris though with any ship, fucking Yavaris was untouchable that whole game. Annoying. The ghost of Yavaris. I wonder how Relay would do. Like, you had no VCXs. I wonder if that would be cool to increase your, like, evasion. Like, have, like, one or two VCXs. That's what my normal list has, is VCXs. Yeah. But... This one just went harder on the bombers. Well, it was Halloween, so I wanted to put the A-wings that we painted in there. I wanted to put the Y-wings that we painted in there. Like, normally I wouldn't probably have... I would have probably had two VCXs instead. Mm -hmm. um, or you replace bomber... Or you replace boosted comms with the VCXs, right? Like, that's the other thing that you can do. Yeah. You put your VCXs comms with at, the VCXs. That's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. It's it's kind of unnecessary in most cases to do both because you're like double downing on the same exact thing. But mm -hmm. like using the VCX at medium range 
and like almost every one of my ships activates two, right? So yeah, two VCXs can translate to like six or eight activations depending on how you play it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's the alternative I think to boosted comms. Yeah. Anyway, good game, fun game. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, let's go into our next segment. Tell them what we're doing. What are we doing? All right. Yeah, so we're start. Well, we're starting a series of segments, I suppose, on objective cards. Uh, so this week we're going to run through some of the red objective cards with the idea of we'll do some more every week until we get through all of the objective cards. Mm-hmm. So the first one we have up, <clears throat> did you do them in alphabetical order? No, they're, they're done by release. So the first set we have are the core set objectives, then we've got Corellian Conflict, and then we've got um, Rebellion in the Rim objectives. So, so we'll talk about the main four first. Cool. So we'll start with Advanced Gunnery. Advanced Gunnery is a setup rule. After deploying fleets, each player chooses one of his ships to be an objective ship, starting with the first player. And then the special rule is the first player's objective ship may perform each of its attacks from the same hull zone. It cannot target the same hull zone or squadron more than once each round with that hull zone. The second player's objective ship may perform each of its attacks from the same hull zone and may do so against the same targets. With an end-of-game rule, the fleet point cost of a destroyed objective fleet is doubled. Do not, up- do not double the cost of its upgrade cards. Mm-hmm. Whew. This is oh, this is a card that can be so nasty as to be complete, like impossible to pick um, as first player, depending on how second player builds their fleet. Yeah, really depending on on what you see across the table. Like, if they have an advanced gunnery, they probably have a big-ass ship that doesn't have gunnery teams in it, which means you absolutely cannot pick this card 100% of the time. Yep. Keep in mind, like, don't put gunnery teams on a ship if you plan on using this objective, because it will break the, the cannot on gunnery teams, saying, you know, it cannot attack the same target, overrides the can on advanced gunnery. So, yeah, it, don't don't put gunnery teams on your on your ship now if if i'm wanting to put advanced gunnery as my red objective card what kind of fleet would that look like what kind of ship would i want this to to be helping well you want a you want you want a big ship for sure you want one of the the heavy hitters um you could probably put it on like a medium ship but there are better objectives to take than advanced gunnery at that point, um, like ISD uh, MC80s, like this, any big ship that you want its uh, its weapons team filled up with something else for some reason, whatever the reason. Um, I like advanced gunnery in um, like double ISD is very powerful. Uh, you can have one ISD without advanced or without the gunnery teams, and you can have another one with gunnery teams. And so if they do pick Advanced Gunnery, you put it on the ISD that doesn't have Gunnery teams on it already, and you've just got an extremely powerful heavy hitter. I mean, this is just like one of those cards that you put in your list to thin out the objective choices. Because no one who has any sense is going to pick this. Ever. It's just too good. Depending on what fleets are brought, 
obviously like you're putting this in your in your list you want to go second you know like i would i would fly defiance with this card right like for sure like tree it up give it xi sevens you know quad battery turrets for the extra blue dice and uh you know, maybe Admiral Akbar as the commander or Sato or something like mm-hmm. that. Advanced gunnery, right? You get enough activations for it to go second mm-hmm. or for Defiance to go last, right? Yeah. And then you know, the, the, the ideal circumstance, right? And then you pick Advanced Gunnery and I have Defiance, right? And I'm like shot, shooting the same target two times with my insane hole zone with like a black and then concentrate another black and like <laughs> this disgusting shit happening, right? Like it's deleting like yeah. star destroyers in one activation and stuff. At that point, advanced gunnery just says, uh, reduce your uh, maximum objectives by two right. or by one. Right. You just have one less objective to choose from. It's just so unbelievably powerful. Like, like getting double hitted by a kitted out defiance that's going second it's it's too late at that point it's too late to to win the game like there's there's no other like yellow or blue objective that is worse to pick than advanced gunnery from someone who has kitted out to to make that shit happen yep so if you are a first player and you you draw advanced gunnery and you look across the board and see a big scary ship just put it down pick something else yeah this is just It'll immediately delete one of your ships. It can immediately delete an ISD. It just gets removed. Yep. There's nothing you can do. Even with bracing, it just does so much damage. The same hull zone against the same target. Yep. That's two front arc shots from an ISD, two side arc shots from a home one, two shots from an onager, right? Does that apply yeah, to the but- specials? Cannon it or does no? Not. no? No. I mean, you can still you can shoot them with the ignition cannon and then shoot them with the front arc. Right. But their front arcs are pitiful. It's right. really just you just shoot them with the ignition cannon. Okay. How about the super star destroyer? Right. That would be nasty. And yeah. I mean, you just put it on the super star destroyer. But like the problem with putting it with the super star destroyer is then you don't have gunnery teams. Right. And there are there are kits to make that work, but um. Gunnery teams is so good, at least in its current form, because it's probably going to get changed in the future. Um, It's so good on an SSD that you just then you can fire three shots out of your front against the same target, same hull zone. Nothing survives that. Nothing. Cool. Uh, It's it's just it's it's a card that reduces your objective pool. It's oppressive for sure. Like and you don't you don't take it in um, small ship lists either, like MSU lists don't take this card. Right. Most wanted after deploying fleets, the second player chooses one of his ships and one of the first player's ships to be objective ships. While attacking an objective ship, the attacker may add one die of any color that is already in its attack pool. The fleet point cost of a destroyed objective ship is double. Do not double the cost of its upgrade cards. If advanced gunnery is the red objective card to take when you have a big, scary, beefy boy. Most Wanted is the objective card that you put in your list when you have a bunch of smaller sharks in the water Mm -hmm. for your fleet. Right? This is the MSU version of Advanced Gunnery. The more ships you have that can attack 
on a you know on a turn, the better most wanted is. If you only have one attacking ship, it gives you one die per round. If you have six attacking ships, it gives you six die per round. And the fact that it can add any color procs concentrate fire to be far more effective than normal because you can add a black at any range and then concentrate a second black in because the color is in the attack pool now. Oh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was saying most wanted you can add any die of any color, but it has to already be in the attack pool. That's my mistake. Yep. Um, it does also work with double arcs, right? So if you double arc a most wanted ship, you get two extra die. Yeah, this is also still, it's still good with, with larger ships, you just have to like, like if you have a Gazanti, you just put your token on the Gazanti and you say, okay, there you go. You can get extra dice against the Gazanti and you'll get 40 points when you kill it. Good luck. It's really, the, the benefit is that it doubles the cost of the, the ship destroyed. Oh, and um, this does not work with squadrons. Squad it just says while attacking an objective ship, the attacker may add one die. That's only referring to ships. Squadrons don't get to roll an additional die. But really, this is just an all-around good objective card. Like, like, if you have a small ship in your list, like a flotilla, like lots of lists have, I mean, you can put this in, in there, and it, it'll be good. Like, if, you, if your list depends on you having gunnery teams on both of your large ships... And you've got a flotilla, you can just put most wanted on there. Have a good card to use. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, you just, you just don't want to get trapped. Like if you have no small ships or no good targets for most wanted. I mean, then maybe take a pass on this. Because then if you go against like an MSU fleet, they'll pick most wanted and you've got like three ships. You know, then you're just getting out diced. Yeah, uh, and while you're list building, you always want to make sure that you have um, a ship that you're okay with being your fleet's most wanted ship. The, something that can either not die, or not. you don't care if it dies. Yeah, like the flotillas. Flotillas are really good for that. Right. Bring a flotilla, or bring a CR-90, or a hammerhead, or I don't know. Something like that, right? Yeah, it'll make it easy. All right, well, the next one. Opening salvo. After deploying fleets, assign one objective token to each ship. The first time a ship performs an attack against another ship, discard the attacker's objective token. If the attacker belongs to the first player, he adds two red die to the attack pool. If the attacker belongs to the second player, he adds two dice of any color to the attack pool. Each player increases his final score by half the fleet point cost of each enemy ship in the play area that has at least one damage card rounded up. What are your thoughts on this one? Amazing. Amazing. Uh, this, this is similar to Most Wanted, where the, the more ships you have, the more powerful it becomes. But like, even if you have like only two, two, two or three ships, it's still amazing. Like, if you're second player, adding two black at any range band is, is incredible. Yep. Opening salvo, really strong. This is really strong. Yeah. And it, you increase the... You get points for any ship that you have damaged. Amazing. 
Yeah. What, what kind of fleet would you build uh, to take advantage of opening salvo? MSU. MSU for sure. MSU long range. Raiders with disposable capacitors, Architons, Gladiator, for sure. All those. All of them will take it and be happy. Um, you don't want to take as many flotillas. They can't really capitalize on this as much. But they can still, obviously, like if a flotilla like rolls a blue and two black, like maybe you'll get a couple damage. But, you know, like, it, like if you're Rebels and you have GR75s, can they even roll dice? I don't think they can. They obviously can't do it well. So it's it's disadvantageous to do that. Um, also fleets that have um, uh, deployment after the fact, like Radis, Radis and Profundity, because you have to put an objective token on your ship at deployment. Yeah. So if you have a, a card in reserve, you won't be able to benefit from this card. So that might... No, so don't use this with Radis or any... Hyperspace Assault. Oh, I guess that's a different objective card. Um, so what I was thinking of opening Salvo actually was Sato. Yeah, incredible. Because a Sato list, right, you're thinking of like your Scout MC30s with red and black dice. You're thinking of your um, your Varus, or I'm sorry, Salvation, same ship, basically. Right, you're thinking of mixed like red dice, black dice ships like Gladiators or um, you know, VSD ones and mm -hmm. putting APT on them. Right? So you're, let's say, uh, a Scout MC30 with Sato, right? Normally is rolling two red die at long range. Let's say you concentrate fire, right? Sato changes two of those to black dice. Then you can add two more black dice. And you're rolling now four black at long range with APTs. You're probably... <laughs> Getting APT to go off at long range. Can can the MC thirty can the scout MC thirties take ordnance experts? I can't remember. They can. Yeah. So then you can reroll those. Yep. So. Yeah, you're definitely getting APT to go off now, right? At long for range. For MC thirties, for for that scenario, for Sato. Would you take APT or external racks? APT. Because I found that the MC thirties like they don't survive. What? Very often. They'll survive very often. Go, a lot of times they die. Go back and watch the Fleet of Justice video. Mm, that was that was a different story. Okay. Ex a lot of them external die. racks is an option instead of does external racks replace APT? They're the same yeah. slot, right? No, no, no. You want APT the because the one damage card uh, gives you half points immediately. So all you have to do is hit every ship oh, once with true, APT. That's true. Now you could also go X racks and be rolling six dice in a six black dice and a and a red dice at long range on your first shot, right? Like that's kind of a hilarious double downing on opening salvo. I just think Amazing. you'd be super weak for the rest of the game. Now you're now you've lost your But then everything's dead. Like if you have three MC thirties that do that, and it's like what survives that shit? <laughs> Not much. And then you like move then you move into close and you pop them again. It's like, all right, get out of town, man. It could be fun. It could be fun. I uh I just generally prefer this is this is just me, I suppose, but I prefer a ship that can do the dirty every turn or as many turns as possible to a ship that does its thing one time and then becomes weaker. Yeah, I'm just well, I'm thinking because you're attacking from long range, right? Yes. You're attacking with four die long range. You pop external racks, and you're basically getting a full close range side arc shot on whatever you're you're attacking. For then sure. you just move it in. 
and now you're getting another full strength attack. Yeah, that's true. It's very you know? dangerous. So it's it's increasing the value in that way. I mean, I know APT is so amazing, but just the value that that can add, especially like I would say APT is better if you like kit your MC30 out. Like if you only have one and you want to run like Lando Foresight and really like put some points into it, then yeah, for sure go APT. But if you want to have three, like just three naked with ordnance and X racks, I think, I think that's something to be considered. Right. That's only like two two hundred thirty points. Pretty yeah, cool. yeah, uh, yeah. And in general, you also you want as many smaller combat ships as possible. Big, huge monsters don't really like this because they're getting crit earlier and mm -hmm. have to deal with that problem for longer. Yeah, like if you get an APT crit on like an Onager or Starhawk Star that says lose all the shields from your uh, biggest hull zone, that's devastating. Can't attack at long range, can't attack when obstructed. Yeah, shit like that. Yeah, it's bad. All right, next one. Precision precision Strike. After deploying precision fleets, strike. each of the second player's ships gain a Concentrate Fire token. Nobody cares about that. When a squadron with bomber or a ship is attacking, it may spend a die with a hit icon to flip a random face-down card on the defender face-up. After a squadron with bomber or a ship performs an attack, its owner gains one victory token for each damage card that was dealt face-up or flipped face-up during that attack. Boom. What this actually says is uh, bring a lot of bombers and score shitloads of points. True. I don't really care too much about the concentrate tokens on the second player's ships very much. I'm sure there are people who would build it in such a way to take it, you know, to be more. Yeah, the the setup rule is basically a non-issue here. Yeah, it's that's... it's all about the special rule. Yeah, because bombers get lots of hit icons, and also sometimes crit icons, and the fact that it, it's really for me, it's the after a squadron with bomber performs an attack. You gain a victory token for each damage card that was dealt face up. I'm rarely yeah. flipping face up. I'm usually wanting to deal face up, right? Well, the problem with the special rule as regards to squadrons is the fact that sometimes, like a lot of bombers, will roll one dice. Right. And if you get a hit, an icon with a hit crit, you're not spending that. Right. Obviously. Right. You're not because you you're subtracting damage from the enemy ship and. That's if if you subtract too many damages from the enemy ship, it's not dying, and you're getting 15 points. Congratulations, but it's killing you, right? So, yeah, unless you have like that's their last ship, and it's like an interdictor, and you're just farming points. You know, yeah, that's what I was going to get ahead. to. Is like for me, I bring precision strike in my bomber fleet lists because of the points farming capability of it. And almost not at all for the die spending flipping flippies very much. Well, the die spending is much better on ships. Right. Like when ships are attacking, like that's something to be considered. Uh, especially when you have an odd number of damage. When mm -hmm. they brace, um, you know, it brings it down. Like you brace seven, it's four, right? You brace eight, it's four. So I guess. If you have eight damage, right, you spend one die to flip a face up, and then they can brace your seven damage now down to still four, right? There's almost no loss there. 
Yeah. But when And it could also be good like like with those MC30s we were talking about, like if you have your APT normal crit effect, this doesn't replace the crit effect. So like if you have crit hit crit hit and then just a, a die with a hit and spend that die, you get two crits. Flip a card face up and then give them their face up crit. Pretty devastating. Yeah. APT is really good for this because you get 15 points for dealing the card face up, right? And mm-hmm. then you spend the hit icon, the the other die with a hit on it only for us, mm-hmm. you know, to flip a second one and you're getting 30 points off one shot. Um, or yeah, amazing. Uh, XX9s, right? Flips two face up on a, on a crit. So you're getting 30 points off of that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I would, I would just remember to be, to temper yourself with spending the die uh, to flip, um, especially with your squadrons, you need them to do damage. And then once the ship is a burning husk, you can farm it as much as you want with it one HP left uh, and then kill it when you're safe, right? Like, don't let it live because you're so excited to farm your 15 points. Yeah. Merc it. Really, this is another one of those objectives that I consider to be, like, better than others. There are some objectives that um, give you no victory points. Like, if you kill a ship, they don't double uh, the cost. And I've, I've found that, like, when you're playing, those objectives that give you victory points for, like, 15 points, 20 points... The ones that, um, like Advanced Gunnery, where it doubles the cost of the objective ship when it's destroyed. Those are just fundamentally better than the ones that don't. Mm. They just are. Yeah. Like, if we're playing Fire Lanes and you kill one of my ISDs on turn six, but for five turns I've been farming Fire Lanes tokens, I win doesn't matter that you finally killed the ISD. Right. Yeah, the last thing I'll say about Precision Strike is um, if you're putting Riken as your commander, do not bring this or don't pick it against yourself. Like, it's... Oh, because then they can just farm infinitely on your dead husk? (laughs) Yes, you can just like... Amazing. They can just kill something and farm tokens off of it for like a whole turn. And you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. They can just stack uh, infinity. Never mind. Yeah, just don't do it. I know I brought it on my um, Halloween spectacular list, um, but you didn't have anything to take advantage of it. Yeah, that's the thing. I think you knew that, Dick. Cool. Yeah, this is just really an objective that improves your fleet for having bombers. It says you can win harder now. If they some for some reason decide to pick this card, yep. Which I mean, like if you're going up against another fleet that has bombers, they might pick it, and then it's an all-out bomber war. You know, but it doesn't happen very often. Not a very fun game. So, usually. what do you think? Do you just want to do you just want to keep uh, keep going, or yeah, let's, how are we on time? Let's, let's roll with some Karelian conflict objectives. All right. Next up is blockade run. Uh, this is one of the most, I would say, the most unique objective cards in the game. Um, mm-hmm. The three-foot edges of the play area become the player edges. 
so you basically rotate your play field 90 degrees. Each player's deployment zone is within two range ruler lengths of his edge. The second player places... Which is very far. Yeah. Instead of three, it's basically triple depth. Mm-hmm. The second player places all obstacles. Obstacles must be placed in the play area beyond range two... Oh, beyond two range ruler lengths of both players' edges and beyond distance one of other obstacles. The second player assigns one objective token to each of his ships. When a ship with an objective token is destroyed, the first player gains one victory token. At end of the game, the second player gains a victory token for each ship with an objective token within the first player's deployment zone. What do you think about this objective card? I've never used this objective. It's pretty awful. Yeah. It's just um, it's just not good. It's not good as second player, or it's not good as first player? It's not good as second player. Why? I mean, what kind of fleet wants this? A fleet with a lot of ships, right? Sure. You want to rack up those 20 20 tokens, you know? You want to get a lot of them? Yep. So you've got a bunch of small ships. I mean, and then your opponent just has to sit at the edge of the board and then wait. And you come to them. And then, then there you go. And then the game's over. You run at them. You're probably going to be trying to run really hard to get to the other side of the board. Going speed three, speed four. And then you're just going to die. That's, that's it. The problem that I have with this objective card is that I feel like optimal play makes the game really boring. And what I mean is, like, if I have, let's say, seven CR90s, right? Because I want to max mm-hmm. out my points from blockade run. And I want them to all land in your area at the end of turn six, right? Yeah. And you have a couple of big, scary monsters over there moving slowly across the map toward my side. I'm going to at speed two, kind of saunter around my half of the board, Mm -hmm. naving, banking a nav token, right? And then on turn four, I'm going to boost up to speed four, launch them across the map, and then on turn, you know, five and six, race. And, And basically you have like one turn to shoot as many as you can before I land them all in the in the area at the end of turn six right like it's just mm-hmm. like and then you kill what two cr90s and i get 100 points and you get 80 and i win and it's like a six five game over like it's just like doesn't seem like it makes for fun or interesting games yeah it makes for me to wait around until the last possible second to dash into the deployment zone with and take no damage and do no shooting okay cool fun fun game yeah that that does seem like that would be the case or if you camp your edge to counter it right and i just also not, not fun right you camp your edge because you know i have to come there to score points and i say ha 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 i'm not going to fly at all i will sit in my deployment zone and now i will win because second player wins ties yeah also unfun. this is just an unfun one, when you try to play it optimally, like if you build your list for specifically blockade run. Yeah, I think it's fun and... thematically. 
but yeah it's a cool one but i think the rules should be a little different like in no way would any um large ship list take this you know you want to have msu well, i just think that the objective so should be like... not that you end there on turn six but that there should be victory tokens inside of the enemy's deployment zone that you need to gather right so each so then because like the problem is you, if you get to the end of the map early in the way that the, the map, the objective is currently set up, if I get to your deployment zone before turn six, um, I, no I just sit there until you kill me. Yeah. So you have yeah, to make yeah. sure you land there at the perfect time. But if there were just tokens in your deployment zone, now we're playing, you know, like capture the flag, right? Like go get the mm -hmm. token and, you know, have that ship survive. Okay, now I want to get there as fast as possible and then get out. Yeah. And that dynamically, I think, is a lot more interesting than just land there and not be dead. I agree. All right. Yeah. Seems like an unfun card. This is just like... Because then... Like... The person you're playing with is probably not stupid. If they see just seven CR90s, they're just not going to pick this. Right. And And then, like... And then you get fucked on your other objectives because you brought a weird shit list. I think no, basically no matter no matter what list the enemy brought, I'm not picking that card. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just I just look at this card and I'm like, I'd just rather play something else. Part of me feels like we should like make an episode one. using that objective um, just to see what it's like, but I don't know if I want to have an unfun Saturday. So, like, like the way I talked about it was like. I don't know, it doesn't seem that bad, but when you brought up like how you're just going to bank tokens and then go speed four or speed two until it's turn four and then just yep. speed up, it's like, I don't want to play that game. Like, I'd rather right. do something else, right. you know? It's like, we're going to we're gonna do that for an hour and then, okay, did you enjoy your game? No, okay. Let's, anyway. uh, no, let's not do that this time. Yeah. All right, next up is close range intel scan. This one says, place obstacles, adding the two dust fields, as in normal. While one of the, sp the second player's ships is attacking a ship, the attacker may spend a die with an accuracy icon. If he does, the attacker's owner gains one victory token. While one of the first player's ships is attacking a ship, the attacker may spend two dice with accuracy icons. If it does this, the attacker's owner gains one victory token. Or 10 points. What do you think about this card? You know what I noticed? Hmm. In all of in all of the core set objective cards, they always use the word he to describe the player. What? Uh yeah. After deploying fleet oh. events gunner, after deploying fleets, each player chooses one of his ships to be an objective ship. The first Wait, player... weren't you fucking with me when you were trying to... You were, like, reading one of the objective cards, and you were, like, emphasizing that a lot. It was the Halloween one. I thought it was, it was yeah, really like, weird that they this? assumed that a person playing this game was a he. It... How dare they assume my gender? Yeah, but in the Corellian Conflict objectives, they start calling it the second player, the first player, the attacker, the defender. They never use he anymore. That is weird. Uh, okay, so while one of the second player ships is attacking a ship, you can spend an I think it's exciting how you, you brought something up that I just couldn't care less about. 
<laughs> yeah. So I just, that, I just, like, okay. well, I was just like reading these cards out, and I just noticed that the language changed dramatically, and yeah, that was yeah. Um, so this card, um, I do not have fun with this card. Um, really? Why? Because I'm playing a game without accuracy icons. What? I like my accuracy icons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, first you're adding dust fields, which are unfun, yeah. Are really unfun. You just can't attack through them. You can't attack through them, right? Okay, so we're attacking less now. Then it's like, hey, second player, spend your accuracy icon for 10 points instead of preventing them from bracing or evading or redirecting. What? Okay. Um, how about, yeah. how about no? How about I use my accuracy icons because four accuracy icons could score me, I don't know, a dead fucking gladiator instead of 40 points. Then you have the second, the first player hilariously one. Well, you can only to... spend one. You can only spend one at a time. You can't spend four accuracy icons. That's ridiculous. Okay. So I'm going to rephrase what I said. Because I forgot that yeah, you were you were a dumbass. When I'm attacking a gladiator, let's say it's sitting there, right? Mm -hmm. But gladiators have yes. brace tokens, right? Mm -hmm. And they have how much hull? Five. Five. I can't remember. And they have like two have shields, five. right, on the side. So they have like seven they or eight health, eight. right? If I shoot mm -hmm. it four times with four different ships and each one of those has an accuracy would i rather mm -hmm. stop the brace four times and fucking kill the thing or would i rather spend the accuracy four times and have 40 points and a gladiator that still has five health and only took shield damage for sure what you're saying isn't wrong in this scenario but close range yeah. intel scan like, you spend one die if you're the second player. So, like, right. if I was taking this card, I would build a list that got me more than one accuracy. So you're, I can You're talking about one, home one or um, home one, other dice fixings. Right. I'm talking about quad turbo laser cannons, that kind of shit. Yeah. Like, obviously, I wouldn't take this in any kind of normal list that just didn't have yeah. that stuff. Yeah, here's my because problem Because what I want that. is for them to... To just consider, which they never would, spending two accuracy icons. It basically gives first player the option of farming accuracy. Like, what if they, at turn five, they have no more tokens? Yeah, I'll spend an accuracy. Why the fuck not? I'll get 10, 20 points. You know? It only benefits the, the second player. It does nothing for first player. No, no one in their right mind is going to spend... Yeah, this might as well say the first player can go fuck themselves. Because exactly when are you the getting two accuracy icons? Like, if I'm getting two accuracy icons, and holy then shit, spending that, you know? I still want to spend them to do their effect. Accuracies are so good. Why would I not spend them to do what they do? Like, this, this would have to be worth 20 points for every spent accuracy icon for me to consider it. But it's not. It basically says first player goes fuck themselves. And special rule, the second player, like, if I've already got their brace and they've got no shields, so the redirects do fuck all, I'll spend one. I'll get 10 points, why not? Yeah. I'm the second player, I deserve that. 
I think you're going at it a little too hard. Like, obviously... No, I hate this objective. Destroying part. the gladiator... Destroying the gladiator outright is, like, better. But yeah. it's, like... It's not... It's not as... It's fucking... You're being so violent about it. It's making me uncomfortable. Oh, I hate this card. I hate this objective <laughs> card. I will never bring this in a list that I fly unless someone can show me, like, the magic way to make accuracy icons that I don't want to spend to stop them from using their tokens. Like... I want to stop them from using their tokens. What if they and have kill ECM? Them. If they have ECM. I'll use it. Yeah. Okay. If they have Listen, ECM, I'll, I'll, I'll put this in the list. I'll put this in the list. Have... I'll show you a whole new world, dude. Bro, ECM is once per turn, once per round. Like, I'm still yeah. gonna spend the accuracy to trigger their ECM to go off, so my next ship can do do the damage. I'm not gonna just stop trying to kill that ship because they have ECM. Like, no. Killing ships without accuracy icons is very difficult. Very difficult to do. Oh, you know what I would use this against? Oh my god, okay. Hmm, tell me. The type of fleet that is super disadvantaged with this is the Super Star Destroyer. Because nobody wants to spend accuracy icons against Super Star Destroyers because they have two of every token. So your accuracy does nothing. So, just get 10 points with it. Yes, yes, true. But if I'm flying an SSD, I'm not taking this. You're not going to pick it as first player of no. <laughs> the SSD? Well, but pick you might actually get like two accuracy icons. You roll so many dice. No, no, no. Like, yeah, I know. It's here's, here's the problem with that scenario. I'm glad you agree. I know, I know what you're saying, but like, if you're the second player and you put this in your like, objective pool because yeah. like, you want to be an SSD hunter... Then I can just not pick it, and that's why and this card is bad. Around with this, yeah, I guess so. But I would put this in the list. I put this in the list. I, I would but, never. Like the worst part is the dust fields. I don't like the dust fields in there. They're ugly. Dust fields are great for black dice ships, right? No, they're just not good. They're great for black dice ships. What are you talking about? No, they can't hurt you on your approach. Ass. No, fucking stop. Okay, what? You're, you're thinking about. You're not thinking about this fourth dimensionally. Okay. So like, don't ever say that to when, me. <laughs> okay. When my ship gets there, yeah. in close range, yeah. and you, being not a dumbass, put your vulnerable ship behind the dust field at close range, I guess I'll go fuck myself. You will. Okay? You will. I don't want the dust fields. It is awful great for black dice ships and i'll say that over and over again dumbass you just put your ship behind them you can't get attacked by a black dice ship it what it's good for is weak ass ships it's good for weak ass ships which some of them tend to have black dice i'll concede that weak ass ships love dust fields i'm thinking of I don't run raiders raiders love um dust fields gladiators love dust fields mc30 torpedo forgets love dust fields they can spook around the corner and then pop out and blast you and you can't hit them until they're ready to shoot back yeah i guess but like it's just it's just if i'm in the position or i'm at close range and the dust field is in between us it's over 
I might as well flip the table and play a different game. It's like, I'd rather die. All right, let's move on because I just want, this card I just want I've the talked two about dust too much. fields to be away. I want them. To, I would put one dust field on one side, one dust field on the other side. Not play. And then them. I would. It sounds like you. You do that with all all uh, obstacles. All right, station assault. Yeah. Station assault. Okay. Place obstacles as normal, excluding the station. Okay. Then the second player places two stations in the setup area. <laughs> Each two stations. Did you see that? Each station must be placed mm -hmm. two stations. Two. Beyond distance one of all obstacles and beyond distance three of both players' edges. Both stations are unarmed stations. Place both unarmed station cards near the second player's ship cards. The first player's ships and squadrons cannot resolve an unarmed station's effect to discard damage cards or recover. So basically they're saying these stations don't heal first player. They do heal second player. The second player gains a victory token for each unarmed station that is not destroyed. The first player gains one victory token for each unarmed station that is destroyed. What are your thoughts on... Worth 40 points. That's 40 true. points each token. Each living station at the end of the game... total. Uh, ...is 40 points. What are your thoughts on this objective? I don't like it. I've played this a couple times. You don't like it as first player or you don't like it as second player? Um, either, regardless, first player or second player. I think it's not good. Not good or um, not fun? Unless you're doing something super niche with an interdictor, I think this is not a good card. Because what, what I've seen happen is um, you can be a dumbass and put both of the stations like right next to each other. Mm -hmm. Or, like a smart person, spread them out so that they can't focus their fire on both of them, have them in the same position, pop one and, and the other right after it. Um, so what ends up happening is you see them going after one station, and then you go to stop them. They will kill the station. It doesn't have defense tokens. And they just do like eight damage or something. They're very weak. It's like slapping a baby. You just slap it. Yeah, instead. they have eight health. Or they have ten health, actually. Eight, they have ten health, okay. With no defense tokens, that's nothing. And no easy. weapons. Exactly. Like That's like saying do five damage to an ISD. It's like, you can do that. You can do five damage. Easy. So they'll kill one station. And then the other station will be on the other side of the map alive. Mm. Okay, now it's a tie. Okay, did you enjoy your game? <laughs> okay, you got a tie. Are you happy? Are you happy with your tie? No? Okay, you should have picked a different objective then. Because this is a shit card. I wish. Like, the only, the only scenario... I can think of is putting them both close together, using the interdictor with the graph shift reroute, and pulling them back to the fuck to the all the way to the edge of the board. Right. And then then what? Okay. Can can Ezra move these stations? I think so. But like, why would you do that? Well, because rebels don't have interdictors. When you reveal a command, you may discard. This. Yeah. So within one to two of its current location, yeah. Okay. So I mean, he you can do that. move one of them back into your deployment zone. Yes. Interesting. You can do that. Not as good as an interdictor, but interesting. It is interesting. But I don't think it's very good. It's just, it's an objective card that like is setting you up for like a tie. And I hate those. Either a tie where you split them, or... Or you get, you get 80 points, which is good. Like, if you can protect them, yeah. I don't know how you could. Um, actually, um, 
Let's let's look at the worst fucking card ever. Repair cruise. No, it's not a friendly ship, is it? No. So yeah. Cause that that could be cool if you could like repair crews and stations. So then it would be like, oh, my my thought with station assault was, is there any value to placing them near each other? And no. And your fleet stomping all over them, saying, mm -hmm. if you want to come in and kill these stations, you are shooting not at my ships. Therefore, I will just kill you. You will get eighty points. And I will delete your fleet. For sure. I mean, that can happen. I'm not saying it can't. Right. Yeah. I just wish that. I just don't think. I just don't think that that's a good strategy. Yeah. It's it's saying uh, these stations I have to protect. I know you have to protect them. I point my guns at it. You put all your ships there. Lovely. It's like that's exactly what I want. If I had two ISDs, yes, juicy, delicious. I'll eat all of your all of your ships every day. True. And then if you co go against the list, has gunnery teams, you, you lose two stations. There you go. Bye. Yeah, I do think this is good as an objective um, against slow fleets or squadron-based fleets. Like squadrons don't really like to fight this objective. The problem with that line of thinking is is thinking of objectives good against certain fleets because yeah. you you don't you're not the one picking them that's fair that's fair but it is good to know if you have that type of fleet not to select this card yeah i um okay so i think that line of thinking is good to put a disadvantage against fleets you're bad at right like if you're bad at dealing with slow fleets for some reason i don't know you can't get out of their arcs maybe station assault is good yeah right. but or if you're bad against um, rebel bomber squadrons. All right, let's go on to the next one. Targeting beacons. Targeting beacons. After placing obstacles, the players alternate placing a total of four objective tokens in the setup area, starting with the second player. While one of the second player ships is attacking a ship that is at distance one to two of an objective token, the player may reroll up to two dice in the attack pool. Okay, okay, I'm gonna take this one. I'm gonna take this one. All right. So you remember how you said uh, blockade run, boring, unfun card? Yeah. Because of the way it makes you play? Yeah. This is just the laziest card I've ever seen in my entire life. This card is like plain toast. This is a plain toast motherfucking card. Yeah. How can, how can this conceivably be so boring? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> how can it be so boring? This is the most boring card in the entire game. Like, uh, oh like man. what, dude? Fucking tactical expert, the officer that before you reveal a command, you can change that command to uh, concentrate fire. He's more interesting than this card. One of the most unused cards, officer cards in the game, is more interesting than targeting beacons. What's wrong with targeting beacons? I say. Not sarcastically. It's just awful. Oh. It's the worst. Okay. What is so to try, and, to try and explain what you're saying with words in English, the first problem with targeting beacons is why are you letting two of the objective tokens be placed by the other player in anywhere in the setup area? That means you're just going to put them in the freaking corners. 
right? Because there's no yeah. benefit if, to if first player. Two of them player, will be in the corner, right? There's if you're first player and you for some reason pick this card, and you know honestly, it a second player put this card in the deck, like you should pick this card because it basically says there is no second player advantage. But you take two of their four tokens and you place them in the corners near their deployment zone, right? Like as far fucking Get away fucked. as possible, right? And now second player only has two objective tokens on the board. So as long as you stay away from distance two of them, there is no objective. It is just deathmatch. This is the most deathmatch fucking card I've ever it's seen. It's just like Look, the thing the, the problem with it is if you're second player, you need an objective that makes up for the vast disadvantage you're starting with from not having first player. Right. This does not do that thing. Right. This, this is as close to deathmatch as you can possibly get. If you enjoy deathmatch games and you think that being second player, it's a fair match, which it isn't, then go ahead, put this card in, but don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you if you're that kind of person. The, the, the second biggest problem is that you're also allowing first player so much authority because it says while the second player ships is attacking a ship that is at distance one to two of an objective token so so first player Which we already talked about there's only two of on the map because the other two are in the fucking corners right the distance one to two is not that big first player all you have to do is not put your ship there and the game is basically yours to lose right like this should this card should have been after placing obstacles the second player places four objective tokens in the setup area when attacking a ship... Well, four is a lot at that point if you get to put a lot. Like, three would be Okay, but, but, but here, hear me out. Instead of placing them where you think the enemy will be, you place them where your ship will be. So it says, while one of your ships is attacking a ship, while your ship is within distance one to two of an objective token, you can reroll two dice. So it's like a beacon on the ground to help you with your accuracy of your shot, not a beacon to locate the enemy. No, I don't think that's enemy. good at all. Huh? That's super telegraphing where you're going to be. Where you're going to be, right. That's the same thing with the station assault, yeah. But That's it's, not good. It, it's telegraphing where second player is going to be, but at least it gives second player some um, agency in the game to decide what's going to happen. Like, second player at least gets to say, hey, if I put my ship near that dot, I get extra power, right? As opposed to right now, which is, hey, as second player, I can place two obstacles that the enemy will want to avoid. This is like minefields with only two mines that don't do damage, like... <laughs> it's just awful it's like and only two dice is it's so minimal that i'm like offended having read it moving on why is it moving on out off okay we can move on if you want off fucking heated about this car is I, I just the I, worst I, thing ever it's it's lukewarm milk right it's just tepid as all fuck Moving on to, to Ion Storm. I actually really... I think that the... Oh, all right. First, we're moving into Rebellion in the Rim objective. These objectives, I think, are Those a are lot really more fun. I think almost all yes. of these are great. They're all fun. Yes, I agree. Ion Storm. The second player places all obstacles, no station. All obstacles must be placed beyond distance five of both players' edges. Okay, so there's obstacles in the middle of the map. Great. When a ship does not have an objective token... When a ship that does not have an objective token ends its movement. So this is kind of like, I feel like they said this all backwards because it's talking about ships not having objective tokens before it talks about how ships get objective tokens. Um, yeah, for sure. It's very But confusing. basically it says, when a ship 
ends its movement beyond distance two of all obstacles, um, or beyond distance one of if that ship belongs to first player, okay, assign an objective token to it. So as ships move around, if they're not near obstacles, they are getting these objective tokens, right? To re remove yeah. an objective token, the ship must resolve a engineering command and to get rid of it. And I believe that's in addition to the normal engineering effects. It's not in... Yes, it doesn't replace it, yeah. So, then it says, each ship gets a critical effect for free, which is critical effect. If the defender has an objective token, the attacking ship's owner gains a victory token, then choose and discard one command token from the defender. If the defender does not have any command tokens, the defending hull zone loses one shield instead. So, you want to avoid the... The middle area with all the obstacles. Well, kind of. Because if you're avoiding them, you're getting these objective tokens, uh, which are bad. But yeah. you don't want to have the objective tokens. So you kind of want to actually hug the obstacles. This is like a Brunson player's best friend. Worst nightmare. No, best friend. You want to hug the obstacles. What are you talking about? No. What are you talking about? The crit is for the attacking ship. Right, but... You're thinking about this backwards. No, if you because you only token, get the critical get... effect if you have the objective token on you. No. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So if you're by the obstacles, you get the objective token. No, if you're away Someone from the obstacles, you. you get the objective token. Oh, beyond distance. Beyond two. distance That's... two or beyond distance one. So you want to hug the rocks because if you're hugging the rocks, you're not being assigned objective tokens, which means oh, that okay, they okay, can't okay. crit you for an extra shield or fifteen points. Oh, man. Okay. I see it now. Weird. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really good for Brunson. Yeah. Now, I believe that um, these obstacles that it's talking about are the three asteroids and the two debris fields, not the dust clouds and anything like that. Yeah, it's just those. Um, yeah, so there's a lot... Like, this objective card is so interesting because it makes you really think about your obstacle placement. You get to place all of them. How do you place them on the battlefield to take most advantage of it? You want your ships to be able to stay within distance two of an obstacle every single turn. And you also want your opponent to never be able to be within distance one of an obstacle. So you lay out a string of obstacles that your fleet is going to follow along this path while shooting at the enemy who can't get near the obstacles and mm -hmm. nuking their shields and farming them for tokens. Really, really cool objective. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's a cool objective. Yes. You really I'm want... Because like, it's, it's really good if you're, like, super aggressive and you want to go in. Like, imagine this um, this situation, right? I have an Akbar fleet of assault frigates, or for example, right? And mm -hmm. I get to lay all of the obstacles, and I lay them in a diagonal string from my deployment zone to the left, right? Going kind of toward the middle of the map, like a... 45 degree angle. I know what you mean. Yeah. I place my fleet between you and the object and the obstacles. And I mm -hmm. just run them along the obstacles the whole game. I never get an objective token. You're constantly getting objective tokens. And I'm just gunnery teams long range kush, 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 at you the whole game. Like it just sounds so fun. It's such an interesting way to play. Like Yeah. I'm I'm really into this objective. Mm -hmm. That's a cool one. Well, uh, there is a downside to this. Hmm. And you don't add the critical effect. You get it. to choose the critical. Yeah, you replace it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a downside because, I mean, 
but you also get a victory token, so it's kind of upside. But you're probably not going to be doing any crits. Yeah, but I, I just see this as a card of, like, you shooting them and running away and shooting them and running away and shooting them and running away. And not really, like... Really good for those conga line right. lists. You don't yeah. want to get in there and smash face. And, like, if ships are being picked up off the board left and right and you guys are trading, 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 you're probably not taking advantage of this card in the way that it's meant to be. This is... Farm them for tokens as your fleet stays safe at red dice range and runs away. Because I keep thinking, like, when, when I'm looking at this card and the way we explained it, it's like, if I have, like, an onager and, like, an interdictor, yeah, and I I use the graph shift to pull a lot of the objectives or the objective uh, obstacles to me, and I just sit with my onager and just blast you and and get like two victory tokens. Yep. Turn two, you know. Yep. That seems pretty cool. Yeah. Because yeah, because if you cool. can you can place them at distance five of your edge, but you can pull them in even closer afterwards with with the interdictor, yeah. right? So then you can you just, just kind sit of with the onager and just blast them. Yep. Cool card. That's fun. That, that, that's a cool one, yeah. Marked for destruction. Place obstacles as normal, adding the two dust fields and excluding the station and asteroid fields. So do not place obstacles as normal. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god. It's only debris and dust fields, okay? That's it. Uh, then the second player places two purgle in the setup area. Each purgle must be placed beyond distance one of all obstacles and beyond distance five of both players' edges. Okay, so let's just kind of think about this battlefield, right? You've got what? Uh, let's kind. Of, let's just think about the place obstacles as normal part. Okay, so FFG is fucking with us with that line, right? But it's actually like place two dust fields and place two debris fields, right? So there's only four obstacles. Then. You, as the second player, will place two purgle anywhere in the setup area, uh, not near a player's edge, and not near an obstacle. Great. Perfect. Each ship gets a critical effect. They're loving these critical effects in this expansion. If this attack is at close to medium range, <laughs> remove all objective tokens from enemy ships. What? Then assign an objective token to the defender. That makes it sound like if you crit something at close to medium range, you remove every objective token from every enemy ship on the map. It does say that, yes. That's insane. Then assign an objective token to the ship that you shot. Great. After a player moves a purgle, I believe purgles move at the end of every turn. Uh, right? Yeah. Well, one player moves one purgle, the other player will move the sure. other. Sure. So this is, after a player moves a purgle, if the purgle is within distance one, or is at distance one of a ship with an objective token, that player who moved the purgle can choose and discard an objective token. The ship suffers a damage card, right? A face-down damage. The mm -hmm. way it's phrased that is odd, because if it said the ship suffers one damage, that could be on shields, but because I think it says a face-down damage... It's a card, yeah. It's a card. And the opposing fleet's owner gains a 15-point victory token. So you want to be getting close to your... This is one of the weirdest worded objective cards ever. Yeah. So you want to be at... You want to have a, a fleet that wants to get in close and shoot them and then move the purgles to those ships and do damage and farm more tokens. Yeah. You're basically using your crit effect to target a ship, marking it for destruction, <laughs> and then sliding one purgle in and and smashing it, you know. 
um, the wording of remove all objective tokens from enemy ships is so that you can only have one ship be a target. Right. What do you think about this objective? The number one problem I have with this objective is that it's supposed to benefit second player, but first player moves the first purgle. Really? I thought second player places first obstacle, moves the first obstacle, and that kind of stuff. No, when placing, are you yes. Sure, are you sure that's how it works? When, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about placement. I'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know movement mean, at the end like, of every sure turn. Are you sure that's how it works? Yeah, yes, first player moves the first purgle. Okay, that sucks. Just like first player goes first in the squadron phase. So, Yikes. oh no, I'm a liar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that doesn't seem like oh. that would be the case. Oh, okay. Second player moves the first purgle. Okay, then we're good. So, yeah, that's uh, that's fine. I guess my problem with it is that because it's removing all other objective tokens, only one ship on each team can have an objective token at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the point of that of that, that line of text. Yeah. But so basically. No player can get more than, I guess, theoretically, six triggers, six victory tokens. No, that's not true. How is that not true? How are you going to get one on turn one? That's what I'm saying. Six is the theoretical maximum. The theoretical max, yeah. Obviously, no one's really going to get one on... I mean, like, have you played games with yourself? Do you find ways to do crits on turn one, okay? You find ways. Dude, funny thing. (laughs) I was playing with... uh, with someone and i told them that i was playing with you and you brought up something about my play style i didn't say what in particular it was and he looked at me and he was like aggressive (laughs) yeah you're very aggressive so aggressive unreasonably aggressive (laughs) yeah i know yeah all you have to do is watch any episode of brace for impact and see how disgustingly aggressive you are you either want to come in and smash or get deleted by turn three. You do not like turn five and six <laughs> at all. I don't. They're the worst turns for me. Uh, anyway, this card is fun. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it gives a huge advantage to second it's player. Fun. But it is fun. Like, the only reason I would play this card is if, like, I'm just playing with someone for fun and we just have a deck of objectives. And I'm like, just shuffle them and draw one. And we'll play that. That's no, the kind of mood I, I'm in. I would also play, we'll play this card just to play this card and have a good time. But I would not put it in a, sh- in a fleet that I was taking to a store champs. No, no. This, it's just not... It's weird. It's a weird one. Oh my god, I'm gonna fangirl a little bit. Kravik just commented on our latest video. Oh, did he? He said, great quality here, love the setup and the theme. Love you, Krabby. Oh. He's so nice. <laughs> He'll like her stuff, or like when I post videos, he'll like them sometimes. But cool. Um, next, let's move on. We've got we've got oh, two more red on. objectives, and then we're done. Okay. Rift assault. Place obstacles as normal, adding the gravity rift and excluding the station. So not as normal again. Thanks, FFG, for that. The gravity rift. Such an interesting uh, card. I don't know why they're obsessed with removing the station though. Just let the station be. Uh, while a ship is attacking a ship, while the ship is attacking a ship, <laughs> if the defender is beyond distance one of any obstacles and the defender does not have an objective token, again, they're, 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 
and when they do this in the rules, it's very confusing when they describe defenders as not having or having objective tokens for things to happen before they describe how you get an objective token. It's very confusing. But basically it says if the ship yeah. is attacking a ship and the defender is not near an obstacle, give the hacker can spend a die to give it an objective token if it doesn't have one. While a yeah. ship with an objective token is defending, during the resolve attack effects step, the attacker can discard the objective token on the defending ship's side to change a die mm -hmm. with an accuracy icon or a hit icon and no other icons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If the attacker belongs okay. to the second player, it can oh. change a die to a face with any icon, then the attacker's owner gains a victory token. So essentially what you're doing here... Okay, I'm going to be honest with you, I blacked out in that. That's because it's very confusingly out. explained. So <laughs> you have a ship, right? Oh my God. You have a ship. You're flying around with your ship. Someone shoots you, right? They can spend a die with any icon on the face to give you an objective token. Cool. So blank, uh -huh. right? Or is mm -hmm. a blank a die? Can spend one die with any icon. A blank is not an icon, right? So it would have no. to be something. Is that I true? Guess. I don't know if it's true. With any icon. Yeah, it's a non-blank die. Know. Yeah, it has to be non-blank. Okay. Yeah, non so die. you spend a die of any icon and you give it a token. Okay, cool. Now that ship is marked, right? The next time a ship attacks that ship, you can change a die, any die you want, okay. with any face, to an accuracy or a hit. So you're basically spending a die early with something on it to change a die later. It's like that one card that you Dual use that lets you swap the die back and forth. You know what? Oh, you mean Gunner's Where you have the die on the card yeah. and then you can swap it out. Exactly. It's kind of like Gunnery Chief, where on the first attack, you are spending your die with something on it to give them a token. You're storing it later. And then the next attack, you can change a die to a hit, an accuracy, and no, or no, nothing else. It can't be a hit crit. It can't be a crit. But if you're second player, you can okay. change the die to any icon. So you can change it to a hit crit. Cool. And then you get a victory token for doing that. Um, I'm like... The, yeah, it's, I would it's have kind to of play it to though. understand it fully because, like, I'm listening to you and and I have the card in front of me and I just I cannot fathom why you would bring this card. Obviously for the victory tokens, but like, I'm just like, it's for the vic. Yeah, it's and it's it's interesting because what I like about it is your first shots are typically your least effective shots because they're at the longest range yeah. and they have the most health and the most defense tokens, right? So you're doing pot shots, right? With your red dice. Um, you mm -hmm. might, fuck it, spend the hit. They're just going to evade it anyway, right? You save it. And then when you get in close, now you have a guaranteed accuracy. Now you have a guaranteed hit crit. Now you have a guaranteed hit icon, right? Like, especially as second player, you can just change it to whatever the fuck you want after you rolled the dice. Uh, yeah. Then you get a 10 points on top of that, right? So you're just, you're storing and shooting, storing and shooting. But at the end of the round, each ship within distance one, to two of the gravity rift that is at speed one or lower suffers a and face I think down gravity damage rift card. already has special rules where when you're maneuvering you get your speed reduced i think i'm correct yep. right this is a yes uh this is a list that or this is a card that wants an msu list right you want to um, 
a bunch of ships and you don't want to spend too many points on your dice control because you're already getting a lot of good dice control here so spend your points on something else um, it doesn't care about squadrons at all right um also stay near um mm -hmm. stay near the obstacles right because if you're within distance one of an obstacle then they can't do this thing to you but yeah put an objective token on you yeah i just i'm i'm just like so, yeah I'm uh, reading this card and I, I just don't it's it's so complicated that like it's a very complex I feel objective. like I would forget many of the triggers while I'm playing and it wouldn't be that helpful for me. Yeah. Like I'd have to play this so many times and then potentially have like five or six different lists go through this one objective. And then what it boils down to is like after one person plays this, they're never gonna pick it again. Yeah, for sure. And they're just gonna be like, no, I'll just pick something else, it's too complicated. Your list is kitted out for this, obviously. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick it, and yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Right. It seems like it would be good though. Seems like it would be good. Last red card. All right. Last red card. Surprise attack. Surprise attack says the second player places the station. Hey, we love the station. The second player places the station at distance one to five of the first player's edge. Oh, we're giving it to the first player. I see. Then place the remaining obstacles as At normal. At distance one to five. Right, we're placing it near the first player's side of the board. Yeah. While deploying fleets, the first player must deploy their flagship before deploying any other ships. Their flagship must overlap Amazing. the station, even if the flagship extends beyond their deployment zone. The first player cannot deploy any ship at a speed greater than half of that ship's maximum speed rounded up. After deploying fleets, the second player places three face-down command dials in a stack on this card. At the start of the ship phase during this first, second, and third rounds, the second player reveals the top command dial on this card, and each of the first player's ships gains a raid token matching that dial. Whoa. This, this card is great. Why is this card great? Well, first of all, it's at distance 1 to 5, not within. So you can just have the tiniest little corner be at distance 5 of their edge, and the yeah. rest of the station be beyond distance 5. Right. Uh, secondly, um, their flagship is deployed first. Yep. I'll take that every time. Thank you. Yep. Um, like, that, doesn't, that only doesn't work in certain lists, like um, the Halloween Riken list, where you had Riken on a hammerhead, like right. a dickhole. Yep. And, like... And then it's like, okay, well, now I know where Riken is at least, but a lot of the times you're putting your flagship, or you're trying to put it last, and you're putting it on your most valuable ship. And so now I know where that is. Um, you're fucked on deployment, at, at least deployment speed, like you can't place, you can't go fast, is what I'm saying. And then I get three, like, Thrawn. Anti-Thrawn raid dials, where I reveal them first, second, third round, and you get a raid token for each of your ships. Amazing, amazing. Why wouldn't you? Those those are my favorite rounds, first, second, and third. And now you're at a disadvantage. <laughs> those are the only rounds you play. Either you're dead or you've won by turn three. Um, in 90% of circumstances, I see three nav dials going down on this ship card. Yeah, and the other 10% is squadron. Yep. 
yeah. when when they have like a For quasar sure. or something like that right like and so now you're you're going like speed one maybe speed two if you've got some some small ship but or isd will be going speed two at max it's half, half mm. rounded up as two. Max speed two. Yep. Yeah. And for three but turns, you can't have. go faster. Amazing. Yep. And it's for each ship. Each ship gets that matching rave token. So you can't do shenanigans like um, comsnet. You can't comsnet because you can't get a token, right? Yeah. The entire enemy fleet is raided for three turns. And the entire enemy fleet starts at half speed rounded up, right? So nothing is going fast on the enemy side. And you can prevent them from going fast until turn four if you just stack three navs on this, which I think is like Amazing. the ideal thing to do, right? Like you charge in there, delete their flagship, their commander's gone, and then you mop up turn four or five. I'll just delete everything as, as everything is going to be dead. Like this is, this is, this card was made for me. This is, this says run me, run me with an onager. I put this in every one of my onager lists. I was all, it's so oh, good. An the, onager would the first. Yes, oh my god! An onager would eat lunch. shit because you can't move away from it. No, I know exactly where your fucking favorite ship is gonna be, and I'm just gonna line it up right there. It's like okay, where you are, and you can't move. You can't nav. You're gonna get hit. You're gonna get hit, boy, and you're gonna Bro, get hit hard. What about first, second, um, third rounds? An interdictor with gravity well on the station and just dropping it right there. It does not work like that. It doesn't work like that. No. What do you mean it doesn't work like that? No. Um, the gravity grav shift reroute happens after uh, deploying. Fleets. Oh, it, it can't before. move the station, but right. the grav well projector would make it speed zero. Oh, you're talking about the other one. I'm talking about the obstacle move one. You're talking about the speed zero one. Right. You would literally Oof. know exactly where their flagship's going to be, so you can place the grab well token right there, and it has to be there. It has to be speed zero, and then it's getting nabbed three times, like prevented from nabbing three times. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine the cheese of an interdictor and an onager build designed to snipe your flagship turn one. <laughs> That's like, criminal, dude. You, I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna like do you that. don't know it. it's coming because it. you've never played surprise attack before. This is the greatest cheese <laughs> that you could possibly come up with, right? It's like yeah, they would just die. They couldn't spend their tokens. Their speed zero. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and dude, you can't get around it because it's every ship. You can't comms net. Nope. You can't even use Leia. Leia doesn't work. Yep. You know Officer Leia, where it like changes your fucking um, top dial. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're still rated. It's amazing. Oh my god, that's so funny. This this card, just reading it, makes me happy. Yeah. Of course it does. You shithead. It's so amazing, especially if they're like, dude, dude. I'm telling you, what if they have an SSD, and I have interdictor on a drew? Well, they and, uh, they still get that, the token. That SSD speed zero. They still get the token. Oh fuck, that's right. Yeah, SSDs are dumb. That's why mm. you can't have fun against them. Yeah, yeah. No. All right. God, is that what that feels like? Any okay. also. So if they have a fucking <laughs> ISD, if they have an ISD, <laughs> it feels like an um, ISD. Yeah, an ISD with eleven. What is it? Eleven hull and four shields mm -hmm. on the front arc. 
So you just have to do 15 damage in three turns because they can't move. Easy. Easy. They would be dead on turn two. Easy. Yeah. Hilarious. Oh, my. Oh, I just love this card. It's so good. It's so amazing. It's, it's just, it makes me happy to see this card exist. It's everything I want as second player. It's like, I know where you are. I'm coming for you so fast, and you're not able to get away. There you go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hilarious. Okay, love that card. Okay, so I want to do something. I want to go down the objectives. I want to give them ratings. What the fuck? A, B, C, D, F. What the fuck? Just real quick. Advanced Gunnery, A. A. A for sure. Most Wanted, B. A. You think it's B? I think it's A for MSU. Fine. Must have for MSU. Opening Salvo, A. Not... I think opening salvo is B. Okay, 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 <laughs> think, fine. Uh, opening salvo is B. Persistent strike is an A. I think it's a B. What the fuck? To be card. You don't like squadrons. That's the only it's reason. Not... No, I do like squadrons. I just haven't been running them recently. Block... I'll, I'll run them. Blockade soon. run F. But it's 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 so much better. Blockade run is F. Yeah. Close. It's unfun. It's not cool. close range intel scan. Close range intel scan C. It's a C, for sure. Just because you dislike it doesn't make it bad. You just have to build for close range intel scan. The D. Station Assault. You motherfucker. Station Assault is a C. I think Station Assault's an, a D. Tar I think even having a good strategy with it is bad. Targeting beacons. Next. Ion Storm. F. F fucking next. Ion Storm. Ion Storm, I, um, I think, is a B. I think this is a C. It's very middling for me. But also, I've never played this one. Mark I think it could be good. March but... Destruction is a C. Yeah. Rift Assault is a D. Surprise Attack is a B. Yeah. Uh, the original Love set of objective cards are the most competitively viable, I think. Yeah, they just give you the most bang for your yep, buck. They're the Corellian Conflict's objectives are, like, the worst. Yeah, they're the worst. They're the worst. For red, yeah. And then Rebellion in the Rim. Rebellion in the Rim um, has, the most like, fun. the most fun yep. objectives. At least as far as red goes. The red objectives for core set are the best. Next week, we'll talk about blue. Yeah, we'll talk about blue next week. Cool. All right, that's our show. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.